0: This week is Parashat Toldot, and uh, we're going to take a look at something that starts in Toldot and continues really into Vayishlach as a problem. Uh, it's a very clear problem that is unavoidable in taking a look at the text, and that is about Asab's wives. I'm not talking about whether they're nice or not nice, etc., but the problem is that their identifications. So we'll start with the problem right away, and it, it begins here in Perek Chaf Vav. Uh Chavav, parenthetically, is uh, the entire chapter, except for these last two psukim that you're looking at in Source 7, uh, is devoted to um, to um, um, Yitzchak's time in Pleshet. And I've suggested in the past that that actually took place during the 20 years of barrenness, and that the text is out of order. And here the text picks up, this is a new parashah, And it tells the story of Esav's wives. So Esav is 40, which is now not surprising because we learned that Yitzchak was 40 when he got married. We don't know how old Avram was when he got married. Uh, But Esav, like his father, is 40. He gets married and he takes two wives. And they're both Khitiot, which means they're from the nation of Khait that we know of from Hebron, although the Khiti kingdom really is uh, is much further north in Turkey. But we know about Khitim living in Hebron. And he marries Yehudit, a nice Jewish name, Bat Beiri, and Basimat Batelon. And they're both Khiti. And then we get a note which is enigmatic. Vati Yena Morat Ruach liitzchak ularivka. In simple pshat, Morat Ruach. Is that they were a source of bitterness to Yitzchak and Rivkah? We don't know why. Were they bad people? Were they not nice? Were they ovde avodah zara? Were they just the fact that they rechitiot itself was bad? Unclear. We don't know anything more about them except for this footnote to Asav's marriages, which is at the very end of Parshat Toldot. And that is after Yitzchak sends Yaakov away to marry one of the family members, daughter of Lavan, turns out to be two. Esav saw that the daughters of Canaan were not good in Yitzchak's eyes, which we assume, assume means that these two girls, Yudipat and Basmat Patelon, as the text said, were displeasing to his father. And notice. Even though the text says they were of bitterness to his father and his mother, he's very concerned with his father only seemingly and they were they were sending to his father so what does he do by goes to the Ishmael family, so he takes uh what is essentially a um a first cousin right a a, a uh first cousin his father's Yitzchak, and this is Ishmael's daughter. So his first cousin, Ahot uh, Nevayot, Al Nashav Loli Isha. Ahot Nevayot is an interesting thing. Some of the him suggest that whenever a um, a girl is mentioned in her marriage, her oldest brother is also mentioned, like Elishava, Elishava, Bat Aminadav, Ahot Nachshon, as an example. Uh, it could be also the Seder Alam's argument that Nevayot was the one who gave her away because Yishmael died right at that moment. In any case, al nashav you Now, Al nashav means in addition to his wives, he married this machalat Bat Ishmael. Okay, so what we think is that right now he has three wives, Yudit, Basmat, and Machalat. And supposedly that's gonna get that's gonna be helpful. The problem, of course, is that if these two girls are upsetting to his parents because of their behavior, because of their lineage, because they're not nice, because their religion, whatever it is having a third wife is hardly going to solve the problem. It just means that you've got two girls around the house that make the parents upset, and you've got another one who maybe doesn't make them upset. It doesn't really solve the problem. So that's problem number one. Problem number two, which is really more than problem number two, appears at the end of Vayishlach. So if you recall, at the end of Parshat Vayishlach, as an introduction to Toldot Yaakov, we get Toldot Esav. And it's a whole parik, Lamedvav, uh, which is devoted to you see here the beginning of it and this is essentially the, the foundations of the domination and introducing it, it mentions Esav and his wives who are of course the mothers of the progenitors of this tribe Esav he married Canaan girls now look up here where's Ada in yellow she's not there Bat Elon seems to be the second girl, Basmat Bat Elon, but she's got a different name here. And Ohalivama Bat Anna Bat Sivonachivi. Suddenly, there's another girl in there who's got no connection to any of these, who's called Ohalivama, and she is not from the Chitim, but from the Chivim. And later on in the paroch, we find out that Sivon is part of the people who dwelt in the land where sub moves to, which is Seir. And then, curiouser even more, he Then the text tells us that he has a third wife, which is what we saw at the end of Toldot, three wives. He has a third wife whose name is Basemat Bat Yishmael. Now please look at the list above and you could see the problem. The daughter of Ishmael in the in the first instance, is called Mahalat. Here she's called Basmat. In the meantime, we've got a Basmat up here who seems to have been traded in for an Ada. In other words, it's kind of like, let's take a bunch of names and a bunch of girls and we'll just keep playing mix and match. And so Mahalat becomes Basmat, and then Basmat is available, so she becomes Ada, and we don't know what happens to Udipat Beiri. So what we have here is a bunch of detailed questions, but two large questions. The first large question is, how does marrying a third girl from Bnei Ishmael solve Aesop's problem that his parents are unhappy with his wives? Doesn't help to add another wife. The second, which is the big one, is, of course, what happens with all of these names that keep getting mixed up? Another thing to notice, and then we'll go back to the beginning, is that when we meet beno- the Neshei Asab in Toldot, all three of them are mentioned independently as wives. When they are mentioned in the context of Toldot at the end, immediately we, they are presented in the context of motherhood. Because, of course, the purpose of this list is to give us the genealogy of Asab, And so there's the Adah line and the Oliva Ma line and the Basimat line. And so I, Adah has somebody named Eliphaz. We know Eliphaz, famously, he is the Bechor of Esav, and he is the father of Amalek, etc. Uvasimat has Iruel, right? And then Olivama has three, Yush, Riyam, and Korach, and that's kind of the first generation all right, associated with these wives. So we have these problems. So let's look back, because what we're dealing with here is a case of polygamy. Now, polygamy, as we all know, is permitted and Up until the times of Rabbeinu Gershom, it perhaps was common. Maybe, maybe not. But let's see where polygamy actually starts in Tanakh. I'm going to go back and do a little survey. All right, who's the first polygamous male? Because that's all we allow for. Polygamous male, polygamy, just to make sure we have our definitions right, is a man who is married to more than one woman at the same time. All right, so who is the first polygamous character in Tanakh? It is Lamech. Now, it is possible that there are other people who had multiple wives. We don't hear about them. But Lamech, who shows up at the end of the Cain chain and the Cain story, Cain and Hebel story, um, has two wives. Notice the names, kind of curious. Well, that's an interesting name. The that's an interesting name. And immediately, Vatayler Ada byet Yaval Huayav Yosef Olamikra the beginning of the ranching. M'sheim Achiv Yuval. They didn't weren't very creative with their names. Yaval, Yuval Huayav Avi Kol Tofeiz Kino Avugav. seems to be the first musician or something. Silagam He Yaldah Kain. Sila also had a child named Tuval Kain. Lotesh Kochor and Chores Nachodorazel. He's a smith, and they have a sister. Uh, which is uh, Naamah. So Tzila also has two kids, a boy and a girl, and Adai has two boys. Right, And then things get ugly between them. Now, is there any more polygamy that takes place? And I'm not going to include Lot and his two daughters, because that's just way too sick. Right? Is there any more polygamy that takes place? Well, the truth is that there is, and I skipped it, because when Hasara gives Hagar to Avraham, the text says that she gives her to Avram, her husband, as a wife. And the implication there is that Hagar has full wife power and status and position. And it's only later when Sarai gets upset because of the way Hagar is treating her that Avram agrees to give her back and denote her, demote her status. So you could make the argument that Avon was polygamous, but that's really something of a stretch, also because it was very temporary. What about Ishmael? Well, the answer is Ishmael, we only hear about one wife. We never hear about Ishmael having other wives. We have no reason to think he had other wives. Um, And uh, and uh, just a, a parenthetic note about that pasuk, which is just fa- nothing to do with the shiur, or, but or just too fascinating to pass up. Uh, you know, we have two different kinds, kinds of targumim of Tanakh. We have targum miluli and targum midrashi. In other words, we have targumim that attempt to present a literal translation of the text and, of course, here and there has to modify it because of idioms and because of anthropomorphisms, etc. And classic, of course, is the Targum we call Targum Unklus, which is a literal literal translation of the text with uh, modifications here and there. There are also Targumim Midrashim, and the way to see it is when you look at a Targum of a Pasuk, and the Targum is the same length as the Pasuk, it's Miluli, it's a literal translation, when it's 60 times as big as the Pasuk, twice as long, doesn't matter, it's a Targum Midrashim. If you read it, you will see sometimes very developed Midrashim in the Targumim. These are called, in, on the Targumim and Chumash, each one is called a Targum Yerushalmi. It's a, it's a classic group. And Targum Yerushalmi, targum for the most part, are the product of 7th, 8th, maybe 9th century Eretz Yisrael. Um, one of the most famous ones was one that was gone for a long time, and it was discovered in, the, I think, the 16th century, in the room in the Vatican that was kept for the young training priests called the Neophytes, and the room was called the Neophiti, and so that's called Targum Neophiti. It's a funny name for it. But there is a Targum that you have in your Mikra that is It is called Targum Yonatan ben Uziel. It is not Targum Yonatan ben Uziel. Because Yonatan ben Uziel, as the Gemara records, wrote a Targum only for Nevi'im, not for Torah. Uh, and the targum, targum Yonatan was actually a Targum that, that only surfaced, really. The first time we ever heard of it was in the 13th century. And when it was put to print, evidently the printer saw the across the acronym Tav Yod and thought it meant Targum Yonatan, so that's what he wrote. And that's why we call it Pseudo-Jonathan because it's not really Yonatan uh, it The Tav Yod stood for Targum Yushalmi. In any case, in that Targum, uh, which is clearly um, post-Mohammadean, if you will, it's actually later than that, but on the Targum, on this Pasuk, the Targum names his wife. And you know what his wife's name is? His wife's name is Fatima. Which, of course, is interesting because Fatima was Muhammad's wife. So, in any case, that's uh that's a little piece for that. In any case, Ishmael seems to only marry one wife. Now, interesting, we go to another branch of the family, and that is Nahor. When you get to Nahor, Nahor married Milka and they had eight sons. And then he married uh, he he took a Pelegesh. Named Reumah, and had four sons with her. By the way, interesting, Nahor here has 12 sons, eight of them with his wife, four of them with his Pilagesh. Approximating what's going to happen two generations later with Yaakov, he has eight wives with his, eight children with his wives, eight sons with his wives, and four sons with his Pilagshim, as it were. Okay? But still, one wife. Avraham is monogamous. He's married to Sarah, and Sarah dies. And then, according to almost all Rishonim, Keturah comes later. There is an obscure opinion, and the Shadal suggests this also, that he was married to Keturah earlier, but it's very hard to substantiate to support that. And in the text, it shows up here, Vayosef, Avraham, he marries Keturah, and Keturah has a bunch of kids, and so Avram is also monogamous throughout. We get to Ishmael, and again, we Ishmael, all we're told about is that he has a bunch of sons, and of course, Yitzchak has one wife, and even though she's barren for 20 years, nonetheless, he stays loyal to her. There's no polygamy in the family, at least not recorded. And the first polygamist, polygamy that we hear about in the family, certainly post-Abraham, is Esav. And Esav seems to take these women sort of as a as a pair or at the same time. He's 40 and he marries Yudit and Basmat. It could be Basmat was a, few, a little while later. We don't know. But he marries these two girls. Now, what was it that embittered Yitzhak and Rivka? So we don't have any clue here which means the text isn't telling us that because they were Kanani, or because they behaved badly or because they were doing avodazar or something like that, we're not told. Is it possible that maybe the very existence of these two wives was what bothered Yitzhak and Rivka? That Esav was marrying more than one wife? Maybe. And maybe there's something else going on. Because remember, Esav tries to solve the problem not by divorcing them, but by adding somebody who's from family, which means not being from family seemed to be the problem, but is that really the case? By the way, Asav marries Machalat in addition to Nashav. Which Nashav? So we assume it's Yudid and Basmat. And then we come to the end here and we end with these, all these different names. So how do we solve this? So the, the point of attack is in Vayishlach. The point of attack of solving this problem is in Vayishlach, where the where Esav has three wives and they're given and they have names, but the names don't match the names that we had in Toldot. So take a look at how Rashi solves it. Rashi says Adah is Basmat Batelon, right? And then he explains Basmat was a nickname because she had the Samim And then he says is Yehudit, and he says Basmat Mad is Machalat. In other words, no switch, same three women, and their names got switched. And he explains midrashically why. And he quotes a Midrash Shmuel that says, There are three people who get full mechila. That's why we have the Minig, based on this Midrash, of fasting on the day we get married, because all of your avarot are, are forgiven and you start fresh, All right, based on this idea that shows up also in this Midrash. And so the idea is she gets called Machalat, because when he married her, she went from basamat. Which is in Rashi's read a negative name to Machalat because she's forgiven. All right? that's the way Rashi does it. So in Rashi's world, all three women are the same. There's no change in person, personnel. There's just a change in names, and it's like swapping around. The Light le- Midrash Le'Kachto, which is roughly from the same time as Rashi, it's from Byzantium, says the following: Ada Batelon is Basmat Batelon, and Olivama Batana is Oliva Bat Beiri. Now he says something wild here. There is no oliva bat Beiri. What is there? There is Yehudit bat Beiri. So he's saying the same thing that Rashi is saying. And then he says the following. Oliva ma bat ana. He's playing with the word ana as ayin. What's an ayin is a spring. And Beiri is a well. Aha, ayin and bear, same thing. And bat, it be spot, uh, Ishmael. So the Lekartov, in an even more creative way, identifies these three women as the same women. Switch the names. Okay? We still have the conundrum about what did the parents not like about the girls and how did marrying a third girl help? We're going to get to that. But if you take a look at the Radak, the Radak says that Esav, the Radak, he's taking the same position as Rashi, says, Every one of these had two names. We have lots of people who have two names in the Mikra. Right? So Yerubal and Gidon, etc., Right and Sivon, etc. Right, good and Basmat. So he takes the same position. So that page was Rishonim who all took the same position. The three women are exactly the same. You don't think I'm going to end there, do you? Of course not. Here's the Rashbam. Right. So the Rashbam goes through the problem and says, "Yudipat Beri Meita below Banim." Yudipat Beri, who is troubling because neither her name nor her um, her father's name. Shows up on the second list. So he says it must be that he married Yudit Bat Peri and she died without kids. But Pat Elon and Pat Yishmael are Yulam Banim for Hashem Khan. So he says that therefore take these three women and knock out the first Yudit Bat Peri. So Basmat Bat Elon and Machalat Bat Yishmael are his two wives. And then he adds, Oh Ali Vama, when? When he moves to Seir and wants to marry into the community there, he marries a local girl, right? And here he says it. Right? Good. So he, the Rashpam chips away at Rashi by saying, one of the girls is not the same. The one who neither name fits, not her name nor her patronym fits, not the same, okay? Now, look at Rabbi Yosef Bechor Shor, the student of Rabbeinu Tam shemot, right? And Ada also had the name basmat, and basmat also had the name achalat, etc. And Yehudit lo yalda, meaning the v'chor shor says exactly what the Rashbam said. Okay, the Ramban takes it further, and the Ramban says as follows: we'll take a look at the the quotes Rashi, and then he says lomar in the last paragraph. Rashbam takes it further. He says, both of the first two women died without kids. Maybe they're punished because they were embittering Yitzhak and Rivka, and they died without kids. Two foreign women dying without kids. Hmm, sounds like an inversion of a story that we know. So the Ramban solves this double of the solution of Rashbam. The Rashbam and Bechor Shor's solution was that one of these three is out. Yudit Bat is out. He says both of these women are out. They caused Yitzhak and Rivka pain. They died childless, which means now Machalat Bat Yishmael now gets the esteemed name Basmat. And then he takes Ohalivama and he takes um, uh, Bas, this Basmat's sister, Ada. And that's certainly a more robust robust solution. But then he says, meaning, he flips what we saw earlier. He says, unlike Rashi, is a disgusting name. Machalat, like sick. So therefore, in other words, here's what happened. According to the Ramban, a marries a girl named Basmat, and Basmat is a beautiful name, Bosem. Sweet spices. She died. He felt terrible. So he married another girl named Machalat, but after Basmat died, he renamed Mahalat, which is a disgusting name. He gave her the nice name Basmat. And therefore, we have the solution, Basmat bat Ishmael. And then he marries two other women. Adah bat Elon is the sister of his former wife, and then Oliva Ma, of course, because he wants to marry into Seir. <laughs> Now, um, just as a a point here of reference, you have the the, uh, reference to Machlon also, Machalat. Machlon as a name in Migilat root, which there's a lot of parallels here of marrying foreign women. Here it's marrying foreign, uh, how do you call it? Here it's the men taking foreign women. Same thing with Esav. In this case, the man marrying his and married macholat, and the idea of dying without children seems to fit the root story, and maybe that's where both Rashban and then Begadol, the Ramban, got that picture of. Um, so I still think that there's one one step further to go, because we still have to solve the problem of why Yitzhak and Rivka don't like these first two wives. If there's something inherent about being kanani, also mention that. If there's something about the behavior, mention that. What is the problem? So one possibility is they were just not nice girls. In which case, of course, the solution of marrying a third girl doesn't seem to work very well. So I'd like to suggest something else, picking up on both the Rashbam and the Ramban's approach. But first, I want to address the issue of polygamy from a... Um, kind of phenomenological perspective. The Torah speaks about about polygamy in um, in halachic terms, and that is the case of the two wives, and the husband favors one over the other, and the Bechor is born to the one he favors less, and he's not allowed to favor the son of the Yahuvah, right? So, let's say, for example, there's a guy named Jake, and he marries two women, Achatuva and We'll call the Yahuvah Robin, and we'll call the Snuah Lulu. All right? am is making these names up. Vialdulovani, Snua, They give birth. They birth sons to him. and the eldest one is born to Lulu, and his name's Rabi. Right? And then the Yahuvah has a kid, and we name him Jojo. All right? Does it sound familiar? Now, what's the rest of the parsha? Is when he dies, he cannot favor. Jojo over Rabbi because he has to recognize who the real Bachor is. That's fine for the partial Bachorah, but I want you to look at this Pasuk and tell me what's wrong with it. <speaking in Hebrew> what do you mean you're married to a woman you don't like? So in the Gemara, Midrashically, we understand it as being <speaking in Hebrew> that the Nisuin aren't good, but simple Pshat. <speaking in Hebrew> a man's married to a woman he hates. Kind of hard to believe. But if you look into the parshiot, both here in Malachi Aleph, but also in uh, in uh, in the story of of in this week's parsha of Yaakov and Esav and their birth by Ya'avah, Yitzchak and Gitzai Yaakov, Ohev. And whenever you're talking about a group and somebody singled out for Ahava, it is not love versus hate; it's preferred for less preferred. When lay Le- when Yaakov is married to Leah, I just find it next to impossible to believe that he actually hates her. But I means she's less preferred, which, of course, is inevitable. There's no way to be married to two women and have 50% exactly of your attention and 50% of your love for each one of them. Maybe the first week, who knows. But it, it's going to break down. It is impossible to carry on a beloved relationship equally with two people where they're not going to look at each other and say, oh, he likes her more. It's not possible. And therefore, even though polygamy is permitted, you find that it's not really widely practiced. And yet Yaakov only married two wives because he was sort of hijacked into it. Right? Unless he wants to give up on Rachel. Notice, by the way, in Malachi, which begins with this exact point. Haloach Esav li Yaakov, you see in the last source. Baohav Yaakov et esav saneti. Do you think God hates anybody? God hates Esav? But he favored Yaakov over Esav. But at, at the end of that parasha in the middle of Perakbet, notice that the people in Yuda are complaining this is the beginning of the second Beit HaMikdash, and things are difficult and and the people are complaining to God, what did we do so wrong And the answer is God has testified about your relationship with your the wife of your youth you rebelled against her she's your friend and and a signatory to your covenant with you, as it were. She's your ally. What's he talking about? So the simple read about that is people are taking multiple wives, meaning they're married, and then they add a wife. And the text, although it technically allows it, and there's all sorts of anthropological and socioeconomic reasons why that may be the case, it's certainly frowned upon. It's certainly easy to say... What Rabbeinu Gershom formally disallowed in the in the end of the 10th century, the, beginning of the 11th century, was something that was always the norm and always the ideal, but not technically prohibited until then, for that reason. And it's indeed possible that Ya'akov marrying the two wives was itself the Morat Ruach, because what he brought into his household was not love and support and warmth, but rather... Difficulty And the best, best way to see that, unfortunately, is to look at Yaakov's household. Very difficult. But I'd like to make a third suggestion, or another suggestion. I forgot what number we got to. To explain both the phenomena of, phenomenon of Esau's marriages and the bitterness and also the change in the names. Esau first gets married, and the model again for this is Lamech. He marries two women. The Midrash famously says that Lamech, that the, that the custom then is man would take two wives. One of them was for children and the other was for beauty. Never have kids, maintain her figure, and the other one would have kids. And that's why he gets angry when Sila also has kids. Right? And that's why it's Gamhi. Whether that or that's the case or not, Esau marrying two women seems to indicate that he does want to procreate, does want to have kids. Uh, and either he's increasing his chances or perhaps he does want to have a shtickle trophy wife. Maybe that very existence is what embitters Yitzchak and Rivka. That attitude towards marriage where they are sticking out. Father stuck it out with Sarah for so many years till finally she had a kid. We're sticking it out, and look what you're doing. You're already trying to increase your chances in a way that's inhumane and it's mean to these girls. So the Morat Ruach might not be their behavior. It might be their existence as co-wives. Now, Esau, in the meantime, misunderstands that. What does Esau think think the Morat Ruach is? He thinks the Morat Ruach is that they are not bearing children. They want Esau to marry and bear children. They're not bearing children. He's not successful. Taking a page from the Ramban. So what does he do? He marries a third girl from a family that we know is fertile, and that is Ishmael. He's got all these kids, and Ishmael's daughter must also be fertile. And by the way, she ends up being that way. So now, when it says that he took mahalat al nashav, we don't know which nashav this is. Is this in addition to Yehudit and basmat? Or are they already out of here? Has he already married other women who are indeed fertile and going to give him children? So, what is he doing? I'm just basically giving back background and a little twist on the Ramban that. He that uh Basmat Batelon is out of there, she's dead. So he marries Adam Batelon. Udipat peri is dead, that's finished. And Mahalat Bat yishmael he stays married to her, but he gives her this beautiful name, Basmat, like the Ramban says, it's a gorgeous name. And then what happens is he moves to Seir and he wants to marry into Seir so that he can have a foothold in the society there. And what does he do? He marries Oliva Ma. And this is a successful conclusion because every one of them bears children for him. In conclude, in looking back at it, what I'd like to suggest is that the the upsetness of Yitzhak and Rivka doesn't have to be grounded in these girls being bad, either in their religious behavior, in their personal behavior, or because they're kinaniyot. It can be anchored in the fact that asaph took two wives, which violated a family norm, and brought trouble into the house. The only time in our family we ever take a second wife is if the first wife can't have a kid. And that was what grandfather did. That was Avraham one time and it didn't last and didn't work very well and didn't last. We don't do that here. That's possibility one. Possibility two was they turned out to be infertile. And that was the Morat Ruach. So what does Esav do? He thinks it's the infertility. So he doesn't get rid of them. But he adds a third wife who he knows comes from a fertile family. Indeed, it works. And whether or not machalat is in addition to ada and olivama, or whether Mahalat is in addition to yudit and basmat, who he marries by the time we get to toldot esav, which means esav's already a grandfather. This is years later. We now look back at the four mothers of this family, the matriarchs of this family, and we see a relative of one of his original wives an absolutely new girl who is from the new territory that he's moving into, and his wife from Bat Ishmael, who now gets the esteemed name of Basmat after she gives birth. The role of fertility in marriage here and the success of the relationship between the wives and the mothers and the fathers, etc., based on them being the promise for the future generations, plays a larger role than perhaps we assumed. And I think that may be the key to uh, unraveling the whole mystery of the names of Aesop's wives and the bitterness that the parents felt. Um, as I mentioned, my wife is sitting Shiva in the other room and uh, we're learning in memory of her mother, Liba Bela, but Moshe uh, may, may her memory always be a blessing and all the many, many, many people, children, little children that she taught uh, and, and brought through into this world, uh, also be testament to uh, to her uh, to her commitment.